Good morning. Good morning. I am super excited to have my dear friend Dottie Powers with us today on this episode of Healthy Discourse. And Dottie is the director for Salem Pregnancy Center here where I live in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And we have known each other for over a decade now. I'm not exactly sure. We talked about this last week, Dottie, and I can't remember exactly how we met, but I know it has something to do with fitness, which many of my relationships that have turned out to be powerful over time started in the fitness world. So that's super exciting. Um, but I wanted you to tell us a little bit about what Salem Pregnancy is and what your primary responsibilities are there at Salem Pregnancy. Yes, absolutely. So I'll be happy to. So Salem Pregnancy Care Center um, is a free um, medical clinic ministry um, resource center for women um, who find themselves in pregnancies. Um, a lot of them, you know, it is unplanned. Some of some of them are happy to be pregnant. Um, majority of them are kind of unsure. Um, and so we minister and help those women by offering them free pregnancy tests, free ultrasounds, options counseling, and then we have a lot of client programs um, that are here to help them um, grow not only as, you know, a mom, but also a woman. And we offer um, services to the fathers as well to help support the whole family unit. I um, love that you guys are so supportive of dads too. I had the pleasure to be able to talk about nutrition with one of Dottie's groups of ladies, um, as well as their partners and spouses. And um, some of them had already had their children and some were pregnant at the time. And they were so engaged in the conversation. Mm -hmm. And it was just so evident to me the power of the work that you guys are doing there. And I was so excited to come home and tell my husband about how there were all these dads involved and it just, it was really great. So you guys are doing a lot of great things there. And right now in our culture, especially here in the United States, um, pro-life, right to life, all of these kinds of things have been front and center for quite some time now, um, mostly from a political lens, but that's not what we're really going to talk about today. Right. Mm -hmm. Although I do want to point out that there was an executive order banning federal funding to abortions and abortion clinics. And one of the first executive orders that President Biden reversed and signed was that now we will be pumping money. And from what I understand, it's about a half a billion dollars back into Planned Parenthood, which accounts for about 35% of abortions in the country. Um, and interestingly, what I found also is that Planned Parenthood shows that only 3% of their services are related to abortion. But I kind of dug in a little deeper because I'm a numbers person and mm -hmm. looked at some commentary too. And it looks like it's actually more like 25% of their services. Um, so we're just going to talk a little bit about that as well. Um, kind of talking about some misconceptions and statistics about mm -hmm. abortion itself that I think 
I find to be fascinating and heartbreaking at the same time. We're going to understand a little bit more what you guys out there doing the hard work actually do, and then kind of talk about a narrative that's common in our culture today, and also how those that listen to this can help centers like Salem Pregnancy to do the hard work that you guys are doing. So can I ask you a few questions, Dottie, about some mis- misconceptions? Absolutely. Okay. So I, we are known, we, we kind I believe, because maybe because I want to believe, but I believed up until relatively recently that abortion is rare and really like a last option for most women. Mm-hmm. Is that really the case or how does it actually work like how how prevalent is adoption first let's talk about adoption sorry not adoption abortion (laughs) how prevalent is abortion in our country today sure um absolutely so um in the u.s where there was nearly half of pregnancies are unintended four and ten of those are end in abortion. So they're terminated um, through abortion. So that equals to about 3,000 abortions per day. And that is if you're a percentage person, 22% of all pregnancies in the U.S. And this is excluding miscarriages because, you know, sometimes miscarriages are called spontaneous abortions. So these are actually induced abortions. Um, That's 22% in the U.S. So abortion is not rare. Um, They happen every day across the U.S., across the world. Um, You know, in the world, there's 125,000 abortions per day. So if that gives you any kind of, you know, understanding of how many abortions are performed each day, and um, a lot of them are more for just inconvenience. Um, and, you know, a lot of people that want to keep abortion legal always go to, well, what about rape? What about incest? Only 1% of abortions are due to rape and 0.5% is due to incest. Um, so all of the other reasons, there are some very rare reasons for, you know, medical reasons that would say the life of the mother, but that would be something like an ectopic pregnancy, which truly is life-threatening to the mother. Um, so I don't know if that gives you any perspective of how, so basically every 90 seconds, a human being is, is, losing their life through abortion in our country. Wow. Those are staggering statistics. I think the other thing that I, like I said, I've been maybe uninformed about, we'll say that is Mm -hmm. that I really, you know, I've, I've, I asked you this last week when we talked, but um, can you tell us if, if a girl or I shouldn't say a girl, a female, a woman, someone who is feeling overwhelmed by unplanned pregnancy if I walk into a general, we'll, we'll just use Planned Parenthood as an example, a clinic, mm-hmm. and I'm unsure of what to do, how much counseling do I actually receive? Or if I'm just overwhelmed and I'm, you know, I'm like, I just, I guess I need to get an abortion because that's the only thing that I can imagine happening right now. I just can't right. imagine going through this. I guess in my mind, I always felt like, you know, I was going to be, I would be counseled and encouraged and really driven in different directions and, and understand my options better. Is that actually what happens if you walk into a typical clinic? Sure. Um, so just to speak from my personal experience, um, I have had two abortions. And so that's one of the big reasons why I do the work I do now. Um, and then 
and counseling women and talking through um, post-abortion groups through the years, hearing, you know, other women's stories about their experiences, um, that they were not offered options counseling. This was not the case for me. I was not offered um, options counseling. They had basically one option. So, and that was abortion. That was, you know, there wasn't any counseling on, and my first abortion was due to a sexual assault. And so there wasn't any, you know, counseling or anything that went with that. It was, they, they only offer one solution and that is abortion. Um, now in our state, which is North Carolina specifically, they are state mandated supposed to, do options counseling, but that can start, you know, or that can be in the form of like a virtual form they sign or um, just simply stating, you know, on the phone um, from what I've understood from um, some of our clients is that, you know, they've just asked, have I considered all my options? And that's kind of their options counseling. And then that's pretty much, that's pretty much it. So they don't, really go into a lot of trying to help the client, which, you know, contrasts drastically between them and a pregnancy center. A pregnancy center is, you know, face-to-face, one-on-one. They're wanting to learn about this client's specific situation. Um, Because a lot of times a client is making a decision based on a situation or a situational season in their life that is a temporary situation and one that they can um, get help for, but you have to be, you know, working with an organization that isn't going to profit off of your decision. So we offer all of our services 100% free as an abortion provider. They're wanting to sell you an abortion because they make money and revenue off of that. So those are the two drastic differences in between when a woman walks into a Planned Parenthood or an abortion provider. And again, you know, um, this is based on my own personal um, experience. And I just honestly, I felt Emily much like just a number. Um, mm-hmm. It was very cold. It was very distant. Um, the doctor the, himself was very cold and distant. Um, I can remember that the, the nurse that helped me, um, you know, she was um, kind, but she was having to calm me down because the doctor was so um you know, harsh with me. So it was a very traumatic experience for me. And especially in my, in my case, and in the case that I hear over and over, well, what about the case of rape? Well, you know, I was sexually assaulted. I was raped and my abortion experience after was just re basically re-victimizing me. Um, and there was no kindness shown. Um, and so I just think, you know, I would have, love to have been able to walk into a Salem pregnancy or a pregnancy care center where they would have met me where I was at and helped me through my situation um, as opposed to, okay, this is our one option for you. And this is, you know, this is how we're going to present to you. And this is, you know, what we're selling you. So very, very so powerful, right. Very different experiences. Um, and, and that's what we strive to do here every day is to meet women where they're at and help them on the way to where they're going. Well, I just want to pause and say that I, I love to hear testimonies like yours, of course, about all different kinds of things where God really uses the worst experiences that happen in our lives, the worst circumstances 
And I mean, what an example of bringing beauty from ashes that not only has he helped to heal you from those experiences, but now you're using your, your story to impact hundreds and thousands of women. I just think that's so amazing. And we, I always like to pause to give him that glory when in these types of conversations where it's like, it's only him, right? It's only him that can do that kind of thing. So, um, anyway, so, um, thank you for sharing that as well. And, and I think that, you know, I've talked to other women, friends who didn't share with anyone until they're in their forties that right. they've ever had an, an abortion and, um, and similar types of, of stories. So, you know, it, it seems, I think on the surface, like it would be obvious to go to somewhere like Salem pregnancy, but can you tell me, I know, what is the biggest obstacle? We talked about circumstances a little bit earlier, but what do you hear the most often that women feel they just cannot go through with a pregnancy because of what are the biggest, what are the most common circumstances that you hear? Sure. So honestly, it is, you know, it's not the best time for them. Um, they have a hard time seeing it as a good time because they weren't planning on getting pregnant. Um, we see the, the majority of the women we see are in their twenties. So, you know, they're, you know, college students, they're, um, you know, just figuring out their life, trying to get established. And so it's, pretty shocking for them when they find out they are pregnant. Um, 57.7% of women that get an abortion are in their twenties. So, um, a lot of times the father is a factor, um, whether he's pressuring her to have an abortion or he is kind of coercing her and saying, you know, well, I won't financially support you. Um, and so a big percentage of that is they just don't have the support and maybe they don't want to have to be a single mom. Um, they, they lack significant support from family. Um, sometimes they have family members that are pressuring them to have an abortion because they don't want to be inconvenienced. Um, maybe this young woman is still in college and she may think that, oh, this is, you know, that I can't do both. And we see every day here at Salem Pregnancy, we work with a lot of, a lot of college students and they can do both and they do it very well. They just need someone to come along beside of them and walk that road with them and give them resources. And that's one of the things that we do here. Um, so a good portion of the women that come in, again, it's situational um, and it's something that we know that they can get past if they have the right resources and the right help. And that's where we come in. Yes, you guys, you offer such a plethora of resources and there's some things that we talked about. And can you tell us just a little bit like, so we talked about what might happen if I walk into an abortion clinic, yeah. what kind of counsel I might get. Can you tell me the difference if I were to walk through the door at Salem Pregnancy and say, I just found out I'm pregnant. What happens next? What kind of to walk us through your process? Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, we, we give them a chance to breathe. We give them a chance to talk um, and, and to not feel judged and to not like immediately like 
try and force our opinion. We aren't trying to coerce them because one of the biggest things is these women, once they found out they were pregnant, they had a lot of people talking at them instead of listening to them or talking to them. So at Salem Pregnancy, you know, once they get their results for the pregnancy test, honestly, we give them, you know, a few minutes to just catch their breath. And then we say, okay, so how, you know, how are you feeling about this? Um, and then we start walking them through the different scenarios and how, you know, each one looks for them. And because these women, they have real issues and we can't just um, be focused on, you know, saving a baby. We have to also be willing to talk to this woman who feels like an abortion is a is a good possibility for her. There's a reason behind that. So we have to meet these women where they're at, talk them through, offer them resources. Um if they are thinking about abortion um, or they are abortion vulnerable. I mean, we do this with every client, but we always talk about fetal development. We think that's important. Um, you know, you just tell the truth and they mm -hmm. draw the conclusions on their own. We tell them the truth about their baby. Many of them don't realize that their baby already has a heartbeat. Well, most of the time before a woman even knows she's pregnant, the heartbeat has already started. Um, and so it's it's exciting to also just be able to empower them with so much good information. Um, and we just believe that truth um, says everything. So we we talk to them about fetal development. We offer them a free ultrasound, um, which, again, this is a stark contrast to what they would experience at an abortion provider. When we offer an ultrasound, we talk to them about what they're seeing on the screen. We, you know, um, they see the screen, they will see the heartbeat. If you go into an abortion provider, they, and especially in North Carolina, they do require you to have an ultrasound, but they turn the screen away and they turn the sound off. To me, that is very deceitful. Um, if you, if you are all about a woman's choice, then she needs to know exactly what she's choosing until, you know, so she doesn't come, you know, come to find out later and then it's devastating for her. So it's better for her to have all the information up front, make that informed decision. It's so important. We can't, you know, not show them the ultrasound because we think it might make it harder for them. It should be a hard decision. We want them to make the decision based on all of the truth. And so that's one of the things that we offer. Um, and then we also let them know of our programs that are here to support them. We have a long-term life coaching program, Emily, that supports these women until their child is two years old. So we walk this journey, not only during their pregnancy, but well beyond. We do parenting classes with them. We offer um, the two-year program where we really delve into some of the issues that cause some of their um, you know, generational cycles. And we aren't about giving a handout. We aren't about giving just a bunch of stuff because that doesn't, that doesn't help the problem. And so we, you and I have talked about how, you know, pro-life people get a bad rap because all they care about is the child. That's not the case at all, um, especially here at Salem mm -hmm. Pregnancy and most pregnancy centers I know, they work to break generational cycles in this woman's life. And we speak life into her and we support her. We encourage her to get back into school. We 
we help her with set her up with other organizations that will help her do this. We work with resume writing. Um, we help her job hunt. We help her. And so that is not, that is, that is a false claim that people aren't helping. Um, that's not true. You know, that's not true. We, we refer out for adoption. Um, we work with local adoption agencies that have, you know, 20 plus families on their waiting list, waiting, um, if a mother will just choose that option. So we talk about all of that. We offer her programs, we offer her support groups, and then we offer her other organizations. We work as a network to support these mamas. We build them a community because many of them lack that. I was just going to say, I think that's the thing that we are often missing. And, and last week we talked a little bit about a meme and various different versions of this kind of narrative mm -hmm. are very prevalent on social media but basically says that pro life all of you pro life people only care about the babies you don't care about the moms and their suffering and you know that they're going to have to have this baby and raise it on their on their own and all of these other things and and you know we've talked about one side of that today where Salem pregnancy is definitely standing in that gap and making a difference and, and doing doing something to help not just save the babies, but also support the mothers. I will say, I do think that a lot of the loudest voices that I read on social media that are, you know, stop killing babies and that kind of thing, you know, it is important to ask ourselves when we have these strong opinions, what am I actually doing mm -hmm. about it? And you guys are doing something about it. But I think we have to be very careful before we start spewing opinions, especially as believers in, in Jesus and followers of Jesus, that we are willing to stand in those gaps, to do the hard work, mm -hmm. to donate our money, and to mentor these women, not just necessarily pregnant women, but women that are vulnerable to these cyclical situations, like you said, to be foster parents. And I'm going to do a whole thing on fostering yes. someday. To be adoptive parents, to, you know, find a single mom in your community that just had a baby and has no support and figure out, you know, try to make connections and become friends and help her how you can. We are not doing a great job of doing that as a community. I really think if we were, we would see some of these numbers reversed. And so, I mean, you guys at, at Salem Pregnancy and, and your mentors and your volunteers and the people that are doing the hard work there are definitely making a huge impact. But I just want to, you know, everybody that's listening to pause and think about what am I actually doing to help in this situation, to help reduce the number of lives lost to abortion. And it does go beyond just the pregnancy portion, right? Because a lot of your moms have other children and they're already struggling. Mm -hmm. So who's going to come alongside and however our paths cross to invest in, in these lives of these moms and their children. So I just wanted to get on my soapbox there for just a moment to make sure we remember there is a little bit of validity to the perception that many people have gotten from pro-life, you know, loud voices. <laughs> so Absolutely. We, we want to do that. And so that's my next question for you is, for Salem Pregnancy and other pregnancy centers across the nation, 
what is, you know, like you said, we don't want to just throw stuff at them. I know people love to donate diapers and that kind of thing. And sure, there's a need for that. And that's important. But what are the greatest needs and how can we get plugged in to really doing the work to support sure. the efforts that pregnancy centers are doing? Sure, absolutely. Um, and Emily, I want to make just a couple of points about kind of what you were talking about, um, you know, being careful and, and making sure you're being active. You know, there are lots of organizations that support different aspects of what these women would be challenged for. So Salem Pregnancy can't do it all, right? Um, you can't do it all as an adoptive mom. Um, it, it's a cumulative effort, certainly from the community, but it doesn't mean, you know, we, it's not impossible to point out an injustice, even when one can't provide the perfect solution. So, you know, if your neighbor's beating his wife, just because you can't bring that woman into your home doesn't mean that you shouldn't speak out against it. It's a moral, it's a moral problem. It's, it's an issue that woman is being harmed. So it's the same, you know, same with this. Um, and the second fault of that argument is that things are being done, like you said. Um, and we, it's, of, you know, lots of different organizations that come together to help these women as well. Um, but for, as far as Salem pregnancy goes and other um, pro-life centers go is definitely get your churches involved. You know, churches should be getting involved. Um, we need, you know, pregnancy centers um, need your time. They need your money. Um, we talked just, we touched just a little bit on Planned Parenthood. So, you know, they get one point, like $1.3 billion in revenue every year, right? 528 million of that comes from the government. Pregnancy centers, it is very rare for them to be able to get any kind of government funding or, um, uh, oh goodness, what do we, what do we call that, Emily? Yes, grants, um, grants, okay. because we are religious, you know, a lot of times we are classified as religious organizations. We are medical clinics, but we are also protected under religious organization, um, so a lot of times we won't because we almost like we're penalized because um, we won't refer to abortions. Like we're seen as anti this or anti that we're really pro woman, pro life. Mm -hmm. um, and so a lot of times that kind of counts us out for a lot of this funding that, and, and a lot of people think that we get government funding. We do not get government funding. We have occasionally gotten, like you said, a grant here or there. Um, but that's very rare and hard for us to be able to get. So we depend almost solely on private donations and um, churches that will come alongside of us and help us. So we need, you know, money. We need money to be able to do these programs and to be able to help these mamas do more than just, um, you know, it's, it's gotta be more than diapers and wipes, Emily, you know, I've talked to you about this. It's, we are Absolutely. so much more than diapers and wipes. And I think that's cute and that's great, but these women have real problems that a lot of times diapers and wipes, you know, that's great. That helps them for temporarily, but we've got to be able to help them real change in their lives, real help. And so, although I appreciate the heart of people when they want to just say, well, you know, I'll, I'll buy her everything she needs for the first two years of, a, you know, the baby's life. I'll, I'll pay her. I'll do this. I'll do that. That is amazing. I love your heart. But what true change is that going to bring into that woman's life 
she, you know, she needs more than just that moment. She needs help long-term so that she can, you know, care for this child until the child's 18 years old. So you've got to think about that in the long term. And so how do we do that? Well, we do that by having these parenting classes, um, having these support groups, having these um, classes where we're teaching, you know, Salem Pregnancy teaches finances. um, And we teach things that are going to be seeds planted for a long term. And so that's important. That's why you want to support your pregnancy centers. There are over 3000 pregnancy centers across the United States. So for those of you that are listening and you're like, oh, I don't know if we have one of those in our area, I guarantee you, if you Google them, they're there. Um, And you just want to make sure you research and make sure that they are life affirming. Um, And so every area, there's usually a couple um, of you know, pregnancy centers. And let me put this challenge out to you. If there's not a pregnancy center close by, start one up. There is, you can reach out to Heartbeat International. You can reach out to CareNet. Um, reach out to me. Mm-hmm. I will be happy to get you in touch with someone. We need these, um, like you said, Emily, we need to stand in the gap. So we need maternity homes. We need, um, you know, housing is a big challenge. And so, these are all things that we, we need help with. Um, and this is definitely something it's doable. It is definitely doable and we are doing it and there are other great organizations doing it. We just need people to be aware and know how to help. And so I appreciate you letting us do this podcast so we can get the word out and get awareness out. Right. And I think one other thing I'll mention that you've shared with me is there is a need for volunteers mm-hmm. and mentors. And like you said, I mean, not, I'm not ever tooting my own horn, but I just was able to spend an hour on Zoom one night talking about pre and postnatal nutrition to some of your ladies. Like, use your yes. skill set and just find out how you can get plugged in to perhaps teach that class about financial responsibility or become a mentor like you were telling me that you know I mean how neat is it that from the moment a a mom an expectant mom walks in your door she has a mentor that follows her along her journey and that's an automatic friend and support and I would imagine that that is something that is rare in many of these women's lives that they have a person that's going to be that person to show up and love and support them I realize not everybody has that much time in the, the stage of life that they're in, but there are other ways, like I said, to spend an hour here and there to get plugged in yeah. as well. Um, but, you know, consider what that I love that. Like. I love that, Emily. And I love how you said, use your gifts. We are all gifted. God gifted us all uniquely in different areas. You have a talent and gift that I don't have and that this this organization needs. And I, I hear that all the time when people say, you know, I want to volunteer, but I just don't know where I'd fit in. And and then we start to talk and I'm like, oh, we could use you in our fundraising area. Oh, we could use you um, in our marketing area. I mean, sometimes people think that they have to come in and work one-on-one with a client. And sometimes that scares them. And so, no, there are so many different areas that we need help in so many different areas that sometimes has no client contact whatsoever, but you are a part of the bigger picture and a part of the bigger piece. And, you know, Emily, you giving your hour, that was 
I mean, that was an hour that really planted a lot of great seeds. And you were 100% correct as far as the mentorships go. I mean, those women that night would have never heard what you had to say, right? They would have never heard that. Um, And a lot of these women don't have that kind of support in their lives. And so we may be, Emily, the first ones to ever look into that woman's eyes and say, Hey, I believe in you. Do you know God created you for a purpose? And it's a great purpose. And he Mm -hmm. created your child for a purpose. And also to look at that dad and say, dad, do you know how integral, how important your role is in this child's life? And we, we help these, you know, couples that maybe they didn't work out. Um, We help them facilitate a positive co-parenting relationship this is something that Salem Pregnancy offers. We offer that. And so we are, it is so important for every mom, there's a dad. So we believe that you've got to bring the dad into the mix, whether he, you know, him and the mom are together or not. We think it's important to pour into that dad for the betterment of that child. So again, um, with our mentors, you know, our mentors are wonderful. They follow along with the client. They make regular phone calls. They meet them. They do things for them. Um, And we need everyone's gifts and talents. I mean, everybody, there's a place for you somewhere um, within the organization. Um, We need people on the sidewalk. You know, I've been doing some sidewalk advocacy stuff. You can see the videos on SBCC Life um, Facebook. And we need people. We need men to get involved. A lot of times men don't think that they're, they can be used. Um, but I know, you know, one of the things we were going to talk about this morning is. Yes, I was going to say, I wanted to finish yeah. with a really cool story from last week. So go ahead. Okay, yes, well, that leads right into what I was saying. So a lot of men think that there's not a place for them in this. They, they have been silenced. The world has told them it's a woman's body. It's her. It's her choice. A lot of women would love for these men to stand up right in honor of them and to protect them and to and to speak life for them. So I was out on the sidewalk a couple of weeks ago and I was working with Tim, who is um, he is um, sidewalks uh, for life. Sorry. Um, He has been doing sidewalk advocacy for a couple of years now, maybe longer. Um, If he's if he hears this, I'm sorry. (laughs) So it's Triad Coalition for Life Mm -hmm. is who Tim is with. And we had already packed up. We had we had kind of seen all the the women that were coming in for abortions that day and the ones that had left and, you know, had given them and talked to anyone that would talk to us. And we you know, we hadn't really got to talk maybe to maybe one or two women. um, And we were all standing around praying and we had packed up and then we were just standing around talking. Well, a woman came through the parking lot. She had two little kids in her back seat and um, she kind of slowed down a little confused. Like she wasn't sure where, where to go. And the male advocate, Tim, you know, walked up to her window and another female advocate walked up to her window and he was like, you know, Hey, how can we help you? Are you looking for something? And she said, I'm here. I'm looking for an abortion. And he was like, well, can I offer you some, you know, some resources? And would you mind if we talked to you for a few minutes? Could you, you know, would you mind pulling over so we could talk to you? And, you know, he was the one that initiated that. And he actually was the one that got her to come and do a free ultrasound. So we actually unpacked everything. We had already packed up the ultrasound bus. Um, Compassion Care Center was there all the way from Yakinville. So again, these are, these are 
accumulation of other organizations coming together. So she gets this right. young woman and her two children on the ultrasound bus, and she has an ultrasound right there. Um, and this woman chose life for her baby. And it was, mm. you know, yeah, it still gives me chills. This is the second time I've heard the story. Tim, <laughs> so. Tim was the one yeah. that she actually seemed to gravitate to and trust. And so, and he was a guy. And I think that that is so important to tell that we do need men in the fight. We do need it. And I think women are drawn to that and they, you know, they appreciate that. Some women don't, obviously, um, because they're just kind of buying into that rhetoric. But I, I think we were created mm-hmm. to want protection and created to want that. So I, I just wanted to make sure that, you know, the men know that we need you as well. Absolutely. And I think there's something too. you know, we, we live in this even mm-hmm. post feminist culture now, almost where, you know, gender and everything is right. all over the place, but there's something that I, I do feel that most women, even, even if they've been yes. hurt by men in the past, there is something about a strong, compassionate, loving man that is, um, you know, we, I do feel we naturally desire that type of care and love and protection, like you said. And so there's something to that. And, and even if it's not through a volunteer opportunity, remember, I always want to encourage like men to be men because we still desire that as women. And, um, we, we need them. We need them to do their, their do. special roles. So, um, we do. Well, Dottie, I can't thank you enough for spending this good chunk of your morning with me today and for sharing all about Salem pregnancy. I am going to share in the show notes um, the links, some of the, the things we talked about today so that people can find Salem Pregnancy Center, can get in touch with Dottie. And it, like she said, if you don't have a, a place to volunteer in your area or you need help with that, I know she's a great resource Absolutely. for everything she I can have, to get you plugged in. I have a book of every pregnancy center in the United States. So (laughs) in other organizations, that's amazing. I would love to help people do that. Okay. Well, thank you again for joining me. And thanks for all of you who are listening. If you have questions, feel free to send a little voice, voice clip or anything. I will do my best to get those answered for you as well. Thanks Thanks again, Dottie. You too. It's Emily here, and I'm excited to introduce you to Raise Them Well. It's a company that Wiggy and I formed together to bring the best products for you and your children. Today, I want to tell you about our children's immunity chewables that include vitamin C, vitamin D3, vitamin K2, and zinc, all in one chewable. It's not a gummy. It includes no fillers, no artificial sweeteners, and no sugar, and is everything your kids need to stay well this winter in one chewable. Welcome to Healthy Discourse, where we dive deeper into the issues and concerns that are facing our culture and world today. Today's guest is one of my friends, and I'm very excited for you to meet Dottie Powers, who is the Center Director for Salem Pregnancy, which is a local pregnancy center here where I live in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. 
Also, I would encourage you to check out the show notes and check out the link with the most recent information about our current administration's goals when it comes to abortion. It just gives a bit of a snapshot as to what is actually happening. And to me, it gives us even more motivation to support agencies and pregnancy centers like the one that Dottie um, will tell us about today. And you can also find a place in the show notes where you can search and find a pregnancy center near you.